Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. All right, and thank you for joining Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. Along with Donnie Cage. Ah, Mr. Cage, how are we doing on this beautiful Tuesday, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Kentucky Guy? Doing good, doing good. Enjoying the long weekend that we just got past. Uh, Yes, folks, today is Tuesday. We took a day off for President's Day, just like everybody else, and uh, so we're recording this a day late, but... You know what? Let's have some fun. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. A great pay-per-view over the weekend. Yes, that is right. Kentucky guy is saying that it was a great pay-per-view, unlike my thoughts on the Royal Rumble. However, if this is your first time listening to us, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which which platform you're listening to us from. We are on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has Mr. Cage has his, his uh, own podcast that he co-hosts with, sir. Go ahead and tell everybody about Uncaged Voice. Yes, if you're interested in hearing uh, more about some entertainment news, check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on, on our official YouTube channel, co-hosted by myself, top-tier rated, and Jigsaw Jester. It's a great podcast, and we always have a lot of fun hosting it. And you can catch that on YouTube, uh, which is uh, pretty exciting. Okay, so also, if you like to listen to current politics, current news worldwide, not just here in the good old USA, or you like to listen to uh, multiple interviews with different people in different parts of the world, such as entrepreneurs, mediums, authors, and things like that, I host the Red Pill Current News Podcast, and we do up two episodes there a week normally on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and we're on all major platforms as well. So if you get a chance, check out that podcast. If you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. All right, folks. So today we're going to do things just a little bit different uh, since we are... We are coming off a major pay-per-view, and we're a day late, and we have some raw results as well. What we'd like to do is uh, we're going to go ahead and postpone our fantasy booking segment, uh, which I know everybody likes, and I'm a huge fan of it as well. But that will be back Friday. Promise, we'll be back Friday. We're just going to postpone things to then because there's so much to talk about right now. So before I we get into the wrestling news, let's go over some SmackDown results. Smackdown. Uh, let's see here. Mr. Counter Guy, can I have a countdown, please? 10, 9, 8, 7, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Blast off. All right. So let's see. We had Asuka. She took on Liv Morgan in a singles match. Oscar uh, won no problem. Asuka is very, uh, you know, she's on her game right now. And I tell you what I really liked about that is after the match, Bianca Belair gets in the ring. Asuka, in her new form, uh, shows her the black, the blue mist that she held all during the match. And you can kind of see, and rightfully so, some concern on Bianca Belair's face. And uh, is Asuka the one to finally dethrone Ponytail Girl? Please, for the love of God, it needs, for the love of God, it needs to be. Then we had the Raiders. 
the Viking Raiders uh, faced Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Uh, surprisingly, I don't understand, but surprisingly, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre actually won the match. I, yeah, I don't, you know, bring these guys back. They're stronger, meaner than ever, and then I, I don't understand why they lost that match. And then we had Ronda Rousley and Shayna Baszler versus Natalia and Shotzi. Uh, winners, Ronda Rousley and Shayna Baszler. And then, uh, okay, so I'll let you talk about those three first. So go ahead and give your thoughts on those three. I feel like, I mean, I didn't make official predictions for SmackDown, but those would have been my predictions if I had heard what the matches were that were announced beforehand. Um, I mean, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey are a newly formed tag team. I mean, they've been friends for a long time, but they're a brand new tag team, and they're looking to take over the women's division and hopefully capture the uh, women's tag team championships. Now, of course, they would have to get through damage control eventually, but that's further down the line. Um, and then, you know, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, they want to push them as a tag team right now. What can I say? I mean, yes, I'm a big Viking Raiders fan, and I feel they should absolutely be pushed to the top. But since I respect Drew and Sheamus, I'm not going to knock this this result too much even though I don't see them as the team that's going to dethrone the Usos. And then uh, Asuka. I mean, Asuka is back, and some say better than ever. So it only makes sense for, for her to go over here in preparation for the Elimination Chamber. And she had that stare down with Bianca Belair. If that match actually happens, I gotta say, I'm looking forward to it, because I don't think these two have ever faced each other one-on-one before. Well, let's see. First of all, the match is already booked for WrestleMania, so it's going to happen. Bianca Belair versus Asuka, who won the uh, Elimination Chamber match that we'll go over here in a little bit. And let's see. And you said you respect. Did you say you respect Drew McIntyre and Sheamus? Of course I do. I mean, for, both former uh, world champions. Why wouldn't I respect them? Oh, of course he does. Of course. He does. Folks, uh, let me get your chime in on this. What do you think about that? Him saying that he respects those two. Yeah, boo, I feel the same way. All right, and then <laughs> we had another match on SmackDown, and whoa, uh, once again, just like we predicted, it was for the WWE Intercontinental title, Madcap Moss versus Gunther. Of course, Gunther retained, but I'm telling you what, Gunther made Madcap Moss look silly, like he didn't belong in this match, and he didn't belong in it. He did not belong in it, and he made him look, like he did not belong there and maybe he needs to rethink his whole career choice and everything after getting whooped by the lead ring general. Your thoughts on that match, sir? I, I mean, the, the result was, uh, was obvious. I was very upset when Madcap Moss became number one contender to the Intercontinental title. So I, I wanted Gunther to look dominant in this match, and he did. The ring, the, the ring general once again, proves his dominance. So now we need to actually get him some real competition going into WrestleMania season. I'd love to see Karrion Cross challenge him. I have a feeling it's going to end up being a multi-man match of some kind at the at the grandest stage of them all. Yeah, they they better get it. They better get in a hurry in building it uh, because we are coming up on WrestleMania fast, 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 fast. All right, so let's get into the wrestling news and rumors. Around the water cooler. The first headline. <laughs> Gotta love the new soundboard. All right. First headline. Mercedes Moan wins IWGP Women's World Title at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Battle in the Valley. Former star Mercedes Moans, we all know her as Sasha Banks, defeated Carrie for the IWGP Women's Championship uh, this past weekend in San Jose, California. She worked over Carrie's arm throughout the match, and she acted hellish at certain times, and late in the match, she caused Carrie to accidentally knock out the referee. With the referee out of the picture, Moan tried to set up Carrie for a table spot, but Carrie reversed it and put Moan through it. Carrie went for the insane elbow, but Moan got on her feet, Carrie blocked the frog splash and then applied the crossface. But she bit her way out of the hold, and then she hit her new finisher, the Moan Maker, to win the battle, to win the title. Moan and Carrie hugged after the match. Moan is apparently sticking around 
New Japan Pro Wrestling for a while because she said in her mini documentary that she wants to help the company expand globally, and she is excited about future opponents. Yes, and also if you watch that documentary, she actually comes out and says, <laughs> which is kind of odd, she comes out and says, hey, I don't know where AEW got that I was going to be on a Dynamite show after my debut in New Japan Wrestling. That was never in the cards, never even talked about. Huh, that's odd, because it was announced all over the place, if you remember correctly. So, your thoughts on that article, sir? Well, I heard, I didn't get a chance to watch the match myself, but I heard it was one of the highlights of the Battle in the Valley. I'm happy for Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, whatever you'd like to refer to her as. You know, this is a big accomplishment outside of WWE. It, it, it proves to you once again that she's a bona fide star and that WWE dropped the ball on her. But, I, I, mean, I, I mean, hey, if she can help build up the women's division in New Japan, then I say great for her. Now, does that mean eventually she's going to get a more enticing offer from AEW or perhaps WWE? It could happen. I, there's no doubt her stock is going to rise once again. Yep, yep. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. I'm glad you mentioned WWE. Uh, in an interview that I watched her when she talked about winning the title, Triple H did actually call her and wish her good luck before this match. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool of Triple H doing that. You would have never seen Vince McMahon doing anything like that. So I thought that was cool. All right, sir, you've got the next two headlines. you. WWE star voices frustration over missing the last two WrestleManias. Bailey hasn't made the walk to the ring at WrestleMania since 2020, an event held in an empty performance center due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This is something that she is looking to change heading into WrestleMania season for the April event in L.A. At WrestleMania 37 in 2021, she was used for a few skits involving the Bella Twins, Hulk Hogan, and Titus O'Neil. She was sidelined with an injury that forced her to miss WrestleMania 38 in Dallas before she returned at last year's SummerSlam. Bailey lost a steel cage match against Becky Lynch before failing on this week's Raw to earn a spot in the Women's Elimination Chamber match, where the winner will earn the right to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title at Mania. While her role at WrestleMania is up in the air in a tweet, Bailey noted that she won't miss this year's show. I haven't competed in the last two WrestleManias. Last year, I had no control of it due to injury. But I will never forget the feeling of not having a match on WrestleMania 37, and I will never let that happen again. I'm going to Hollywood one way or another. Well, they definitely need to figure out a way to factor Bailey into the card, because obviously she was injured. She couldn't compete at WrestleMania 37 and 38. I mean, it would be a shame to not utilize her in some significant way. Now, does that mean she's going to be inserted into the Raw Women's title match somehow? Or will that be a one-on-one -on -one contest as it's currently being advertised? Who knows? But I admit it would be a shame if Bailey didn't make an appearance at WrestleMania this year. In a match, I mean. Yep, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. She should be uh, some way, somehow, if not in the title match directly, then maybe a number one contenders match or... Uh, continue this thing with her and uh, and Becky Lynch. Something. She needs to be there. Becky Lynch needs to be there, too. So Creative needs to uh, get on the ball and let's fix this. However, I don't think, I just have to be honest, I don't think that she would be talking about it this openly if there wasn't something in the works already for her to be at WrestleMania. So uh, it, would, it would really shock me if her or Becky Lynch or both were not a part of WrestleMania goes to Hollywood. It would be, yeah, it shocked me pretty bad. So, all right, sir. Next headline is yours. Former WWE champion wants to dethrone Roman Reigns. Several fans would love to see either Cody or Sammy defeat the head of the table. However, his former teammate from the Shield, Seth Rollins, wants to be the man to end Reigns' record as record run as champion. During a recent conversation with sports guys talking wrestling, Rollins said it would be hard to see Cody defeating Roman, as he believes he should be in the American Nightmare's position. I don't know the answer to that question, man, if Cody Rhodes is the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. 
It's very hard for me to look at that match unbiased, I think. I want that match. I want that spot. I want that title. And to not have it, there's a lot of salt in the wound having to talk about it. So it's difficult for me to analyze. Well, we've seen Seth Rollins matched up against Roman Reigns in the past. And they know each other really well. Obviously, they have a lot of history there. But to me, this is the right call. Now, I'm not saying Seth can't be used better at WrestleMania this year. But I didn't picture Seth being involved in the world title feud, to be perfectly honest. And I think Cody Rhodes being in that position, it's a fresh matchup for Roman Reigns. I know we've already heard the uh, rumors that it's going to be Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. I think that's been all but confirmed at this point. You know, Seth can be used a little bit better, but I'm sure he's going to get a good match out of Logan Paul. Yeah, and basically what he's saying is he sees himself as that guy. I see him as that guy. I do. And, yeah, of course, we've seen them. They're former S.H.I.E.L.D. partners. Uh, you know, they were in a faction for a long time together. Yeah, we've seen them. We've seen them go at it. Yeah, Cody Rhodes is new. He's shiny and all this crap. But I still am not 100% convinced Cody, Cody Rhodes is going to be the one to take the belt off of Roman Reigns. I just think it's too easy. I think everybody sees it. Everybody's predicted it. Everybody predicted he was going to win the Royal Rumble. And, man, if you don't shake this up just a little bit, uh, it's going to get stale really fast. So, I don't know. We'll see. So, before we go on to any more wrestling news or rumors, let's go over the results from the Elimination Chamber because a lot of the news left is has something to do with that. So, let's go over our predictions and the results of Elimination Chamber 2023. All right, so the first one on it, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room everybody's talking about. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, both of us picked Brock Lesnar to win. However, Bobby Lashley did win due to disqualification, and it kind of shocked me, the ending of this did. I don't understand it. I don't think Bob, uh, Brock Lesnar was really in that much trouble. He didn't look like he was going down to, you know, give him a low blow to for the disqualification. So once it happened, I immediately thought that it was going to be these two at WrestleMania. However, if you watch SmackDown before Elimination Chamber, Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy came in and took out, I loved it, took out Hit Row, both with Sister Abigail's, and we got a better look at, at uh, Uncle Howdy for the first time, like a real look at him so and it's Bo Dallas you can tell by the frame I mean there's no doubt in my mind now that's Bo Dallas anywho so once they done that Bray Wyatt challenged for Wrestlemania the winner of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar so that kind of threw a wrench in these two because Brock Lesnar looked at the Wrestlemania sign and smiled after he destroyed everything in his path once he was disqualified also, on Monday Night Raw, MVP, and not Bobby Lashley, but Amos, challenged Brock Lesnar to a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> Technically, Bobby Lashley won the match by disqualification, so does that mean we're going to have Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania and Brock Lesnar versus Amos at WrestleMania? I'm confused. I don't know which way to turn. Your thoughts? I'm intrigued because we don't know what uh, way they're going to turn. They can turn multiple ways. They could, they could turn it into a four corners match for all we know. I mean, I, 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 I this came out of left field, Kentucky guy. But you know what? This is exactly what Bray Wyatt needed at this point in time because his storyline was getting stale. It was getting boring. They needed to do something big to shake things up, and th they didn't want to do just another Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley match because now we've seen that three times. And it's starting to wear out its welcome. Not that these two guys aren't great athletes and everything they are, but you can only do the same match so many times. So to throw Omos possibly in into the uh, storyline and uh, obviously involve Bray Wyatt, it's intriguing. So I'm curious to see what direction they're going to go in at WrestleMania. And also, last night, Bobby Lashley attacked Elias again. <laughs> Uh, you're right. I mean, it can go, it can go anywhere. It, it just, uh, 
we'll we'll have to see. And you know, I like that they showed Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy working as a unit against Hit Row. Here's the thing, though, man, that was such a short segment, and that's all you've seen of the, those guys. Ugh, stop dangling the carrot, and let's get down to the nitty gritty on those guys. It's time to close it up, and let's see what's going on, and put them on TV for a while. They deserve it. Next match, we have Edge and his wife, Beth Phoenix, uh, went against the Judgment Day Zone, Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, you actually were correct. Edge and Beth, they did win this one. I actually picked Judgment Day. Now, they won it. I don't know. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent match. I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I, I it, it wasn't just like the Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar match. I'm going to be honest with you. Those two guys, they fight so similar that the match is kind of boring to me. And that's kind of how this match was. It got a little exciting when I, we thought we were going to get Rhea Ripley uh, taking the chair to Beth Phoenix on the steel steps. But I don't know. I, I think we've seen this over and over, Finn Balor and Edge, too many times. And now they're talking about, because uh, Edge op- answered Austin Theory's United States Championship Challenge last night on Raw, and Finn Balor got involved and cost Edge the match. And now they're talking like they're setting up something for Finn Balor versus Edge, Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. And I, I just think it's time to move on. I, that's just me, though. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they've got good chemistry in the ring, and they've done... I think they've done everything they can with this storyline at this point. I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing this is going to be the final blow-off. And many people are even suggesting that this could be Edge's final match, too, because he did say he's going to retire in 2023. Like, officially retire this time. But yeah, I I feel like it it, it is predictable, and it's just going to be the same thing. uh, Finn Bauer against Edge again. I almost wish that each guy would have a different opponent at WrestleMania. Yeah, me too. You know, I would rather, and this is going to sound silly and crazy probably to a lot of people listening, I'd rather see Dominic Mysterio versus Edge at WrestleMania than Finn Balor again. I would. I would. Uh, Then we have the women's elimination chamber match for the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. I had Carmella. You had Asuka. Asuka was the winner. Now, isn't it funny, though, you actually, you actually got both of these. You got Theory retaining his title, and I picked Seth Rollins. But isn't it funny that both of our choices were the last two? The last two, yeah. Yeah. So, so we weren't far off there, my friend. Not far off. We there. were not. We were not. But I actually thought this women's uh, elimination chamber match was pretty decent for for a females competitor match. I actually, everybody knows, I'm not a huge fan, not a huge fan of female wrestling, but I actually enjoyed this match. I watched it all, and uh, yeah, I I don't mind that Oscar won. I thought it was uh, pretty cool. Let's talk about the elephant in the room in this match, though, because we seen something last night that kind of our prediction that we made quite a few episodes ago seems like it's coming to fruition, and that's Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross has been stalking Johnny Gargano's old lady, Candice LeRae, and LeRae asked her what was up, and Nikki Cross and LeRae actually repeated it. You couldn't hear Nikki Cross say it, but she goes, none of my friends are here. I'm telling you, we said it, we called it, sir, a few episodes ago. Insanity's coming back, and they're coming back strong. And I cannot wait. Your thoughts on this match? It, it exceeded my expectations. Um, I'm glad Asuka won. I mean, I, fig- I figured she was going to. She's the superior athlete out of all the wrestlers involved in that match. But, um, yeah, the ladies definitely brought their A-game to this match. They did not they did not go through the motions here. I mean, there were some chamber spots. Raquel Rodriguez showed off her power. Even Carmella got some good licks in there. I mean, all the ladies look good in this match. So I have to give them all props. And then we'll move on to the men's uh, chamber match. And as I mentioned, Austin Theories did retain. However... Once again, this guy, he, you know, we're going to start calling him the luckiest guy in the WWE. He wins because Logan Paul, that freak, uh, I don't even want to uh, 
calm down, Kentucky guy, calm down. Logan Paul interferes and takes Seth Rollins out, who has wrestled a match against six other people forever. And Logan Paul picks his shot, actually stomps, curbs, oh man, curb stomps Seth Rollins. So I hope Seth Rollins, it hasn't been announced officially, but I think it's coming. I hope Seth Rollins destroys Logan Paul at WrestleMania. But Theories did win, and he still has his title. He did defeat Edge uh, on Raw as well. The uh, The main thing of this match that I liked, Montez Ford is a star. He's a star. Put him in singles competition now. Oh, my God. Hanging from the rafters in the elimination chamber and just dropping. Do you know how much you have to trust the people underneath you to catch you? Because he's not falling on Matt. He's falling on Steel. Uh, just amazing. Bronson Reed. I think it really showed how strong Bronson Reed is. Look, it took four people to take him out to get him to pin. It took four different wrestlers at the same time to take him out. And also, Damian Priest. I thought he looked good as well. I thought he looked good as well. Johnny Gargano, I think he had one spectacular move. I expected more out of him, but hey, you know, it is what it is. And Austin Theory, the, the winner, he pretty much just laid on the sidelines most of the match and it got the crap kicked out of him. So go figure. Your thoughts on that match? Yeah, it was another solid chamber match. And I agree with you 100%, Kentucky guy. It is time for Montez Ford to break out on his own as a single star. The Street Profits have, they've basically, their shelf life has expired at this point. Um, it's time for them to both go off on their own. Montez needs to, needs to get catapulted into a really successful singles career. And hey, I mean, Austin Theory, uh, you know, the ultimate opportunist, much like Edge used to be many years ago. That's that's how he retained his title. And uh, we'll see if he continues being the luckiest man alive going into WrestleMania season. How dare you give him that title? He is, he is oh. <laughs> he's lucky. He's no, he's not the opportunist. He blew his money in the bank. I mean. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's move on to the main event. The main event, we had Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, one-on-one for the undisputed, defending his undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Sami Zayn. This match actually exceeded my expectations. This was a great match. Yes, I did not think Royal Rumble, well, I thought it was a good pay-per-view. I didn't think it was great. I have to say... The Elimination Chamber, before I go any farther, was a great pay-per-view. It really was. I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't. There's a lot of things that happened that didn't go the way that I wanted it to, but it was still, the, everything stuck with the storyline, just great matches as well. Now, we get to this main event, and Roman Reigns was the ultimate heel. He played his part. He has got, this last year, man, he has gotten so fine-tuned at being his character, it's amazing to me, the difference. If you go back and you watch when you first started this character, when you uh, this character, and you see where he is now, what a difference. What a difference. And you know, the the jive talking with Sami Zayn's wife and his wife even, Sami Zayn's wife even, no, he loves you. He loves you. You know, and uh, it's just amazing. And his talk to Sammy throughout the match, Sammy Zane, you talk about heart, man. Heart was right there all the way. I could not believe him kicking out of spears and Superman punches. And a couple of times I was like, Oh crap. He won. You know, a couple of times I thought he might've pinned him. Then we do get interference. One referee goes down and I could care less what Jim Cornette says. I do. You know, man, somebody needs to shut that old bag up. Yes, he's from Kentucky. He's in Kentucky, same state as me. But I swear, Jim Cornette, if you listen to this podcast and you ever want to go, buddy, I'll go one-on-one with you because your mouth never stops. Never stop. Yes, two referees went down. It's it's a match. It's a storyline that's been building for 10 months. Of course it's not going to just go off like a normal match. Anyways, referee goes down. Jimmy Uso comes in, 
Super kick, super kick, super kick on Sammy. Roman thinks it's one. He places Roman over Sammy. Boom. Sammy kicks out. Jey Uso shows up. And for a minute, just for a minute, I thought we were going to see a repeat of the Royal Rumble. I thought Jey Uso was going to hit Roman Reigns with the chair. Roman Reigns got right in his face. And then he moves out of the way. And Sammy Zayn inadvertently spears Jey Uso. Here's the thing. I don't know what happened to Jey Uso. Like, Sami Zayn speared him and actually put him through the floor or something because we never seen him again. Again. Anyways, then then through all the confusion, Roman Reigns hits his move, pins Sami Zayn, one, two, three. Now, they're getting ready to do a beatdown on Sami Zayn, and here comes Kevin Owens to save the day. Kevin Owens wipes everybody out. He lets Sami Zayn do a hula kick on Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens even stunners Paul Heyman. <laughs> that stunner reminded me of when Stone Cold stunned Vince McMahon last WrestleMania. <laughs> that's how that's how bad Paul Heyman <laughs> took that stunner. Anyways, so that happens. Now, great match, really good match. Here's my honest 100% opinion. I it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yes. It was a great match. However, this storyline, I just, you know, Sami Zayn says that he can't defeat. Now he's going on Raw last night. Says he cannot defeat the bloodline on his own. He has to have Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes out on Raw last night, rejects Sami Zayn, says he still feels like he did in November, that he's done with them, doesn't want anything to do. Sami Zayn on post-interview after Raw went off the air last night, I watched an interview. He's still saying it takes both of them to defeat the bloodline. Okay. That, you know, and we know what it's leading to. We know what they want. They want the Usos versus those two at WrestleMania. Here's the thing. The way this match ended, I don't know. You could see the shock and the disappointment on the Canadian people's faces in the audience. That same disappointment, even though I knew it, I knew it was going to end this way. I, I It was on my face as well. And I just, I don't know, ending it this way, if this is the end of the story, I really, I just, I don't like it. I don't like the way it's ending. So, your thoughts? Well, for anyone who's a fan of Sami Zayn, I know it had to have been a heartbreaker to see him get so close multiple times and still not end up winning. So, yeah, it, it can be frustrating. But, you know, I think... That should they move forward, which it, it looks like by all means they're going to, should they move forward with a match for the tag team titles with pitting Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos, I think it's going to more than uh, meet people's expectations, and the fans are going to be happy to see at least Sami get some sort of gold and score a big victory over the bloodline. But I feel people's pain. There's no question about it. But I, but I did, I did indeed predict that the uh, tribal chief was still going to be the reigning champion at the end of the match, and that was what happens. And he he wins by any means necessary. Yeah, and you know I predicted that he would win as well. Here's the thing, uh, and anyone that's listened to this podcast or, or knows me personally, I've never been a Sami Zayn fan. It's not so much I wanted to see Sami Zayn have a title at the end of this. I definitely think that if they would have split the titles and like it would have been just for like the Raw or SmackDown title, then yes, he should have won it. Yes, yes, he should have. Here's the thing. Ten months. This is probably the best storyline in wrestling that I have seen in years. And I just, the way it ended, it seems like it's, it, it's like abruptly ended. I don't know. I don't know. And I know... All good things must come to an end. I get it. I'm a realist. I understand. But I don't know. I just just think that there there's more to this. I don't know. I just think there is. Okay. All right. So that is all the matches for the Elimination Chamber. Well, uh, Mr. Cage, what do you think about the pay-per-view as a whole? I gave my opinion. After you give that, uh, go ahead and do the next two news stories. I mean, the pay-per-view delivered. There's no question about a Kentucky guy. I mean, a lot of people, even though they liked the Royal Rumble overall, felt that it was disappointing, maybe a tad too predictable. 
And sure, you could say there weren't a lot of surprises in terms of who won the matches, but the drama was there at this pay-per-view, and that's ultimately what makes people watch at the end of the day, the, the, the drama, the feeling that maybe, just maybe, your favorite wrestler could overcome the odds. And even if they don't succeed, just being on the edge of your seat is more than enough for people. Yep, and, uh, you know, as I said, I thought this was a great, great pay-per-view. So, yeah, I have no, uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right, sir, you have the next headline. Trademark filing hints at a new AEW show on the way. On February 15th, AEW filed for an interesting new trademark. All Elite Wrestling filed to trademark AEW Collision for entertainment services. AEW Collision is listed as a show. It's possible it could be a recap show for their digital platforms, or perhaps it is for a new TV series to go alongside its four existing shows. It is interesting timing, as the filing may be what Tony Khan's important announcement is that he will be making on Wednesday's episode of Dynamite. AEW has a TV deal with Warner Brothers Discovery for Dynamite on TBS and Rampage on TNT, while their streaming shows AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation air on YouTube. So, do I think it's really necessary for AEW to have yet another show on television? Probably not, because the thing is, the ratings go up and down for Dynamite. And we know that most of the time when you watch Rampage, there aren't a lot of matches are that have any real impact on storylines. So, I mean, the idea of AEW using another day for a recap show, I, I, I personally don't think it serves that much of a purpose. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. Instead of, and this, I don't know, let's just throw this out there. Instead of adding another show, how about we make Rampage two hours and actually make it worth watching? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right, sir, you have the next headline as well. Tony Khan on MJF. He's a very challenging personality and very hard to work with, but he's a great wrestler. AEW world champion MJF has made a name for himself for being one of the most disliked wrestlers in all of wrestling. MJF is trying to get the most out of his wrestling career with accolades and money, something he has incorporated into his character by constantly reminding the fans that his AEW deal is up in 2024 and he's willing to go to WWE. While speaking on KNC Masterpiece, AEW President Tony Khan discussed his relationship with MJF. He's one of the most dislikable people there is. He elicits that emotion for a lot of people. He's a very challenging personality and very hard to work with, but he's a great professional wrestler. We saw it last week, that incredible match to kick off championship fight night on Dynamite. MJF is a great wrestler. He showed it out there one-on-one against Kanosuke Takeshida. He stated that MJF's 60-minute Ironman match against Brian Danielson on March 5th at Revolution, will be the ultimate test for him as Brian is one of the best technical wrestlers of all time. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the American Dragon. He's going to take MJF to the limit, win, lose, or draw. Going to lose. Now, now MJF, 100%, yeah, he's a difficult personality, but that's a part of his character. I mean, he's supposed to throw it back in the fans' faces. He's obnoxious. He's cocky. That's the character, and he plays it to perfection. There's no question about it. Now, as far as is his time in the spotlight at the top of the mountain coming to an end, or is it going to continue to flourish? Well, that remains to be seen. We'll find out at Revolution. Well, I can tell you right now, he's going to continue to flourish. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, uh, and Tony Khan, uh, if you think he's difficult to work with, uh, you need to uh, buckle down, Buttercup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grow a little thick in, Mr. Khan. You want to say something? No, no. Disagree. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's uh, let's let's go over the rest of the Raw results. So Sami Zayn, actually, uh, Baron Corbin attacked Sami Zayn after he was leaving the ring after the promo that we just spoke about with Kevin Owens. Corbin, once again, uh, just a dummy. And Zayn made quick work of him. Took him to the ring. And he pinned Baron Corbin after a uh, hula of a kick. It was an impromptu match, kind of like the Cody Rhodes one last week. Uh, yeah, so keep using the punching bag 
Baron Corbin. I love it. Just keep using him as a punching bag. <laughs> Austin Theories was interviewed backstage. Of course, he was complaining about how the headlines were not about him and his current and future WWE, but instead about John Cena's return. By the way, John Cena is coming back uh, in March, March 7th, uh, Raw. <laughs> he guaranteed a win over Edge. However, he said he could not wait to welcome John Cena back. That match is going to happen. We already called it. We already predicted it and went over a headline on it, actually, that uh, it's going to be Theory and Cena at WrestleMania. And then let me go over one more match, and then I'll get your uh, thoughts. Mustafa Ali actually defeated Dolph Ziggler via pinfall with a crucifix. <laughs> so I don't know, Dolph. Buddy, I, I just, you know, now you're listening to Mustafa Ali. You're going to start losing credibility all the way around, man. I mean, I can understand putting top younger stars over, but Mustafa Ali is basically you. He's basically you. So your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's probably time for Dolph to call it a career in the near future. It's a great, he's a great performer, and he's put a lot of people over in his career. But, you know, can only keep doing that for so long before it gets tiring. Wouldn't you agree, though, that Mustafa Ali is Dolph Ziggler? In many ways, I'd, I'd say. Kind of a similar position. Yep. Uh, you know, Austin Theory, they keep dropping hints that he is definitely going to face John Cena at WrestleMania. I mean, why would you have him constantly bring John Cena up if they weren't building towards a storyline matchup? I, I think that's definitely going to be the match for Theory at WrestleMania. And it's, it's going to be one of those make-or-break moments for him. Either he's going to shine brighter than he ever has before, or he's going to fall flat on his face on the on uh, at WrestleMania. And uh, Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin, I mean, yeah, just just use Corbin as a punching bag at this point. He's he's no longer relevant or seen as a serious threat, so just use him as in, the enhancement talent that he is at this point. Yeah, you know, I seen something so funny on the dirt sheets. I seen that uh, one of the headlines said I, I wouldn't even which I don't get the our headlines from the dirt sheet, but I do pull information from there if I can back it up. <laughs> One of their headlines actually said, WWE is doing a major character change with Karen Orban, uh, Baron Corbin, turning him into a serious wrestler. Talking about where he called out Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn. Oh, come on. Come on. That is so far-reaching, it's not even funny. Cody Rhodes did a promo on Raw last night. He was interrupted almost immediately by Paul Heyman. As soon as he got there, Paul Heyman, by the way, wearing a neck brace now <laughs> due to the stunner by Kevin Owens. Paul Heyman asked Rhodes if he really had thought what it would mean to win the undisputed championship at WrestleMania. The lack of time at home and his family, constant obligations for the company and whatever. Now, one thing that I thought was pretty cool that we haven't seen out of Paul Heyman in a very long time. Paul Heyman goes, I'm not going to say that Roman Reigns will keep your wife warm while you're gone because Roman Reigns is a happily married man. But he goes, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, you little fat shit. What? <laughs> I cannot believe he said that. But Rhodes responded in the, in the, in the typical fashion is he has no choice. He has no choice. He needs to finish the story at WrestleMania. Now, I'm wondering if that's not breaking open for Brandy to start showing up in his corner. Because remember, Paul Heyman, one of the things he said in that promo was, you have nobody. Reigns doesn't go through this being away from home and stuff because he has the smart man. He has me. You do not have Paul Heyman or you don't have anybody in your corner. Well, at once upon a time, Brandy was kind of, in his corner every match during AEW and did very well. And rumor has it that she is signed now with the WWE. So I'm just wondering if this is their way of breaking her into the main roster. I don't know. Your thoughts? I've always personally had mixed feelings on Brandy Rhodes. I mean, I thought she was really good when she was a ring announcer. But as an on-screen character, uh, I've been very hot and cold. I mean... Some of the angles she did in AEW I wasn't a big fan of. I also don't think she's a very good wrestler, to be perfectly honest. I know she's given that a go a couple of times. As far as just being in Cody's corner, you know, may maybe it could work. But 
I don't know. I guess I, 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 I guess I just, this is an instance where I wish that Arn Anderson was with WWE so that he could be Cody Rhodes' backup in his corner. That would make a lot more sense than using Brandy Rhodes in this particular case. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm still excited for the eventual match. We're, we're, we're going to see what happens, and this would be a huge moment for Cody if he were to actually dethrone the Tribal Chief. Yeah, um, well, you know, Arn Anderson's with AEW. His boy is signed with AEW, too, so... Uh, I don't like Brandy Rose as a wrestler whatsoever, no. But as kind of a managerial role, you know, support, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I'd much rather see her out there than uh, like Dustin Rhodes come back to WWE and try to fill that role. So I don't know. We'll see. And then we already discussed MVP and Omos issuing a challenge. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated The Miz via referee had to stop the match. And boy, you talk about sending a message to Logan Paul. He continued to hit Miz with several curb stomps, forcing the referee to intervene and stop the match. And what is, what does that golden envelope say of Miz's? Is he hosting WrestleMania? What is going on with that? That's driving me crazy. And then we had something very interesting happen. Very interesting. Ding Dong Hello, featuring Bailey and her guest this week was none other than Damage Control, the true women's tag team champions. However, here comes Big Mouth Becky once again. And guess what? She brings a bag of bones with her, Ancient Bones, Lita, and they actually challenge Damage Control to a women's tag team title match. Now, Bailey actually got mad, lost her cool, and accepted on behalf of Dakota Kai and Eos guy. By the way, Dakota Kai is injured on crutches. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Leaving, she, and if you notice, both of those girls looked very confused and kind of upset at Bailey after she done that. And it was confirmed. It is confirmed that that tag title match will take place next Monday on Monday Night Raw. Uh, whew, I cannot see Lita and Becky Lynch being the tag team women's champion at all. But, but, who knows? It was originally supposed to be Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus was actually behind. She was at Raw, but she never made an on, on-screen appearance. It was originally supposed to be her and Becky Lynch. I, I don't know what they're doing here. I don't understand it. I thought we were going to get Baszler and Rowdy uh, versus Damage Control at WrestleMania. You know, why Why all these side notes? What's the, what is the reality of this? What are they going to gain if they beat a has-been like Lita in the ring? That's not going to do anything for damage control. I don't get it. And then Bronson Reed absolutely destroyed Chad Gable via pinfall after the tsunami. Gable was distracted because old big old Otis <laughs> was outside the ring being courted by Maxine Dupree. Otis just thinks she's pretty. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He just thinks she's pretty. So your thoughts on those, sir? Yeah, it looks like they're going full force with uh, the Otis Maximum Male Model storyline. Uh, can't, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that one. Uh, yeah, Bronson Reed, I figured, was going to win this match. I feel bad for Chad Gable because he's a great wrestler, but you know, Bronson Reed is definitely being pushed right now. And that, and then, um, you know, as far as the women's title match, hopefully, this is being designed to put Damage Control over once again because. Becky doesn't really need a title right now, and Lita obviously doesn't either. So as long as they make damage control look good in this match, then I'll be happy. Um, but they, I mean, they, they, don't need, they don't need to win the title. I mean, just let damage control hold on to it. And like you said, give us that damage control versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler match at Mania. Yep. Do you want to, uh, yeah, I, I, think you're, uh, I think you're spot on. Uh, let's see that. We need to see it happen. Uh, let's see. You've got one more headline. Go ahead with yours, sir. Cody Rhodes will honor indie promotions at WWE WrestleMania. Right up your alley, Kentucky guy. <laughs> WWE WrestleMania goes Hollywood will be a special night for Cody Rhodes as he looks to become the WWE undisputed universal champion when he challenges Roman Reigns for the title in one of the main events. It will be years in the making and something he has spoken, spoken about wanting to achieve 
becoming the top champion in WWE. While speaking with Peter Rosenberg of Hot 97, Rhodes revealed he has a, an idea to do something special on this night for his weight belt design. He wants to list all the independent promotions he worked for after he departed from WWE. Small spoiler, I guess I was trying to come up with this idea for a weight belt for a very specific PLE or pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it, where I wrote every, every independent promotion I worked at on it because that was the most important thing I did was this connection with these fans and getting to know them and grassroots and that became really my bread and butter. I think this is great that Cody wants to pay tribute to the independent promotions that he earned his name on. I mean, we know he worked for Ring of Honor. He worked for TNA for a little while. He obviously worked for New Japan, had tons of success on the independent scene. And for him to pay tribute at WrestleMania, I think is a class act right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, this is the WWE going in the right direction. Too many years. Too much bad blood, ignoring and acting like the indie promotions didn't exist when they are a huge part. Any true wrestling fan knows a little bit about the indies, and they're a huge part of the wrestling world because they gave opportunity. Without the indies, okay, let's just be honest. Without the indie promotions, you wouldn't have, and I know a lot of people don't like them, but you wouldn't have CM Punk. That's just one name come to mind. You wouldn't have Daniel Bryant. You wouldn't have... Uh, the Angel, Chris, Christopher Danielson, there, AJ Styles. There are so many of these guys that cut their teeth. Practically, all you know, you have wrestlers like Shawn Michaels, Triple H, who, you know, all they all they've really known is they Triple H knew WCW for a very very short time, but all he's really known is WWE. Shawn Michaels same way, Randy Orton the same way. These other guys who are blowing up. Your NXTs, your SmackDown and Rawls these days, like Austin Theory, uh, who's blowing up your Impact Wrestling, your AEW. These guys all cut their teeth in the indies. And that's why it excites me when I hear stuff like this because it should happen. It should be going on, and we should be acknowledging them. So hats off to Cody Rhodes. He's a, he's a class act no matter what, but hats off to Triple H, because I know he's the man behind it, because he feels the same way about indies as I do. I've heard him talk about it, and I know he's behind this, and I think it's super, super the right direction for the WWE. All right, next headline. WWE is teasing a major storyline twist for Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. As many of you saw the WWE Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns retained the WWE Universal Championship against Sami Zayn in Montreal. Before the finish, there Jimmy and Jay Uso got involved, and Jay seemed conflicted on whether whether he stood with Roman Reigns or Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens made his return to save Sami, but you may have missed something. And actually, I did miss this since I had seen this article, and I went back and rewatched it a couple times and caught it. However, you may have missed something during the seconds leading up to KO hitting Paul Heyman with a stunner. Heyman says to Owen, I've always loved you. I've always wanted to be with you, not with him. And he was pointing at Roman Reigns. Screw him. I love you. He clearly says that if you go back and watch it. Now, of course, he's probably just saying that in an effort to avoid getting attacked or stunned. It's unclear if Reigns heard what Heyman said, but one person who probably heard it was Solo Sequoia, who was still watching at home on TV. It appears that this is the start of a tease to maybe, possibly, have a Heyman and Reigns split. Uh, I don't know. I think I think Roman Reigns still needs Paul Heyman as his sounding board. So. I don't know, but if he's going to lose the title at WrestleMania, what what does it matter? So, I don't know. Your thoughts on this? I mean, it would be a shame for them to end that pairing. Um, they, they've worked really well together as part of the Bloodline storyline. I, I mean, I caught those moments that you mentioned, uh, Kentucky guy. There, there definitely were some hints that there's something going on there. And that was actually kind of my theory as of a few weeks ago that, you know, 
Roman Reigns, if he ends up losing the Universal Championship, I could either see Paul Heyman turning on Roman after he loses the title or possibly during the match itself. Paul Heyman, we all know, is a master manipulator. He does what's going to benefit him the best. So it would not surprise me if he and Roman have a falling out in the near future. Oh, my God. I just thought of something. What if, what if, oh, this is pretty far out there, but what if, can I say what if again? <laughs> Look, Paul Heyman screws Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and ends up managing Cody Rhodes. Hmm. That would be a that would be a, a rare double turn. That would shock a lot of people. However, we know they have a lot of history because of the father. They sure do. Yeah. I mean Cody talking about Paul Heyman giving his dad a job when his dad was broke and Paul Heyman started crying. I mean Man, that is a possibility, right? Definitely is. Huh. All right, so last thing we want to do this episode, folks, and we'll let you all go. Uh, we've got some Rampage results from last Friday. I know we haven't talked a whole lot about AEW, but, hey, you know, we will. Their, their pay-per-view is coming, so we will. Uh, let's see. So the Elite defeated R.A. Fox and Top Flight once again <laughs> to retain the AEW Trio's tag team titles. However, post-match, the House of Black appeared, but they didn't attack the Elite. They then disappeared, which I thought was strange. Ricky Starks defeated Daniel Garcia. Uh, Sammy Guerrara tried to help Garcia during the match, but Action Andrade came out to even things up. Uh, Don Callis was seen backstage trying to recruit, trying to recruit Konusku Takahashi. I don't know what that's all about. Jade Cargill, her streak continues as she defeated uh, Verdant Vixen. By the way, John Moxley has a match against Uno this Wednesday on Dynamite. If he wins the match, which we know he will, when he wins the match, he will break a record and set history for AEW, winning his 100th match, 100th straight match. That's pretty impressive. Dustin Rhodes actually defeated Swerve Strickland by DQ. Uh, Rhodes went for the crossroads, but Parker came in for the DQ. Keith Lee made his return and made the save for Rhodes. Uh, I don't, who cares? Uh, your thoughts on those, sir, the results. The Don Kalos, Konosuke Takeshita angle is interesting. Feels like it kind of came out of left field, but we'll see where it goes. Of course, the elite retained uh, the trio's titles. They're the elite. It's in their name. But I am really, really looking forward to that eventual showdown with the House of Black. The House of Black is potentially the only trio in AEW that might have what it takes to defeat the elite for the trio's titles. We will, Time will tell. Um, you know, uh, Swerve Strickland versus Dustin Rhodes. I mean, Swerve Strickland probably should have just won this match outright, and then there could have been a post-match beatdown, and then Keith Lee could have come out to uh, to drive them off. Um, Jade Cargill, yep, once again. Jade looking very dominant. Who who is actually gonna beat her at this point? They're they're running they're running out of names. Um Yeah. I mean those are all, oh and the Ricky Starks, um, Ricky Starks uh and, da- and Daniel Gar- uh, and Daniel Garcia. I mean um you know Ricky Starks good that he good that he gained the victory there, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like they're dragging this Ricky Starks Jericho Appreciation Society storyline out. It's not much more uh, life in it. Yeah, I think they need new members. I think they need Ortez and Santino's back. That's just me thinking out loud. But uh, that is all I have for today's episode, sir. How about yourself? That is it for me, Kentucky guy. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> is Donnie Cage and the Kentucky guy. As always, thank you guys for listening. God bless. God bless.